The Friday before winter break, my mom packed me an overnight bag and a few deadly weapons and took me to a new boarding school. We picked up my friends Annabeth and Talia on the way. Welcome to Floor 600. Welcome. Welcome, my friends. <laughs> this is a podcast where two friends, Natalie and Quinn, read the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series by Rick Riordan. Right now, we are reading The Titan's Curse, the third book in the series. Yeah! Dope! And this episode, we're reading chapters one through four, but I you love... wouldn't know that if you listened to the intro. So, yeah, but... go listen to it. It's going to be on. like four minutes long tops. <laughs> um, I love the colors for this book. I know, it's like dark blues and light blues and blues. They're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I like the color blue. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I... You know, it's interesting, though, because we're going off, like, the original covers, mm-hmm. which I don't have my dust jacket on, so I don't know what I'm showing I you. I know, you're, like, waving <laughs> around an empty playing a blank book. <laughs> um, you should wave yours around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for all the visual <laughs> viewers. <laughs> visual effects. Um, but, like, a lot of people don't own those books. These I know. Books. These They're, like, all the have. new editions. They're very modern looking. They are. I like the way the spines look like. Yeah, because they make the picture. And I've seen stuff where they, like, put up, if you put each of the books side by side, it's like a panorama. Mmm, that's cool. Yeah. Like the Harry Potter ones where you put the sign up and it makes Hogwarts. Yeah. Like the ones sitting on my shelf right now. You have those? Yeah, I showed them to you. <gasps> I, oh my god, I totally forgot that you had them. <laughs> Technically, they're my mom's. <laughs> <laughs> When I worked at the library, I was always, like, obsessive of getting the Harry Potter ones in order, because, especially with those, because it shows a picture. Yeah. And there was always, like, one out of order, or we have four copies of the Pr- Prisoner of Azkaban <laughs> for some reason, and, like, two, in uh, like, six of Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. So it just, you know, really long, weird-looking Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to our story. Anyway... See? So, let's launch into this rather short recap yeah. of the first four chapters of this book. Chapter one is called, My Rescue Operation Goes Very Wrong. I gave it four stars. I gave it three. I thought it was exciting, but it wasn't funny, you know? I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, that's true. Especially for the first chapter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're like <laughs> we have so such high hopes for chapter oh, no. titles and I tried to start rating low at the beginning so they could go higher and it would mean more. And you I started failed. with four. <laughs> yeah. I think my other chapters are like five fours and such. It's like when Paul hand gives everyone a handshake. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, Paul Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if he gives three people a handshake and there are five bakers in the tent doesn't mean as much yeah well he starts get like so we're talking about the great british bake-off and if you haven't watched it they don't know they don't know oh sorry sorry (laughs) well i think doesn't he give out like a whole bunch in the like later seasons Mm -hmm. and because i remember when they like the seasons or or the shows episodes were coming out and like twitter was just like the paul hollywood (laughs) shake Because it's like the Paul Hollywood handshake now means nothing because when the we flooding the market yeah it's been the handshake has flooded the market (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Oh, we've gone off <laughs> tangent again. Twice in the first two I, minutes. I know. We haven't even gotten into the recap yet. <laughs> so, the squad. Okay, fun fact about the squad. Yes. Now includes Talia. Yeah. So, I don't know if it's like a full... Because it sounds like Percy hasn't fully accepted the fact that Talia's in the squad. That's true. They, they haven't fully figured out their squad dynamics yet. <laughs> true. But anyway. <laughs> for right this second, the squad refers to Percy, Annabeth, and Talia. Yes. Get a ride from Queen Sally. Woohoo! To this scary-looking boarding school. It's called Westover Hall. Yeah. And it's winter, which this is the first time we've had an adventure start not... In summer. Yeah. I hate that Percy started getting embarrassed by his mom. Hmm. So sad. It's, how old is he now? 14. 14? Yeah, that's... It's that, an, I know that's it's normal, the time. That's like, the time you start going, Oh, mom. Why are you being... Why are you smothering me, mom? Ugh. Why are you, like, a perfect human being? <laughs> <laughs> Although I would be annoyed if my mom just told baby stories about... And you know what? Actually, I don't think I would care. I know. I, I definitely wouldn't. You're a child. Like, children do dumb stuff. Yeah. Anyway, we also find out that Percy has started a new school, which is a school that's outside of New York City. Yeah. And we also find out that Annabeth and Talia have started a new school. They are going to the same school. They're going together in a boarding school in in New York City. Yeah. And Percy was a little sad that they didn't. They don't get to see each other still in the school year. It's an all-girls school. Yeah. Yeah, and he's at the school outside the city, which could be mm-hmm. three hours away. Yeah, because I I, didn't he have, like, he had, like, hopes to, like, be able to meet up more in the school year because yeah. now they they were going to be in the same city and then it ended right. up not working out the way they That's planned. what happens when you get expelled from every school in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So they're heading to this boarding school because... According to Grover, he has found two demigods, and they seem powerful. Yeah. But no doubt they're powerful. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we don't know why they're powerful yeah. yet. Yeah. But their names are Bianca and Nico D'Angelo, and mm. every time I read the word name Bianca, I'm just like, ugh! It's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, we Bianca. talked about this a little bit before, but every time I think of the name Bianca, I think of the rescuers. And he's she's like, oh, who is it? Jaja Gabor as Bianca, <laughs> this little mouse. And she's like, oh, Bernard, this is a little She's great. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, I don't know. What are you doing with your life? It's a classic Disney movie. Okay. Anyway, I really By the way, like- Natalie has never seen it. Correct. I really like the way their names sound. Yeah. Bianca and Nico D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's just like, it flows so nicely. Love it. So the squad gets into the school, and they're like, oh, it's empty, blah, there sounds like there's dance music down the hall. And then all of a sudden... Uh, the vice principal, Dr. Yeah. Thorne, and the... <laughs> she's a teacher. Is it a teacher, yeah. or is it the principal principal? No, she's a teacher. Oh. Well... Dr. Thorne and the nowhere. teacher, oh god, what was it? It was like Eat Chalk or something like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was such, Got Chalk. Got Chalk. Yeah, because Percy's like, really? Her name's Got Chalk? I, I, because I didn't fully remember what happened in this book, um, but I remember that a teacher attacked him, and I totally thought that Got Chalk was going to be the bad guy. <laughs> but then she like got... That's sexist. Sorry. <laughs> 
It's not no, it's though. Really not because <laughs> the he way that get... she's like described is very <laughs> monstery. I just love how. Yeah, you're right. I love how he says a teacher named Gottschalk. He had to be kidding. Yeah, because it's such like a made up sounding name. It is. It's like Mrs. Dodds. Yeah, they're weird. Yeah, fake names. But yeah, so they get like sort of confronted by these two teachers, and they're like, "Who are you? You're not students here." And Talia's just like, "Bomb." Thanos snap. Excuse me? I'm sorry. Talia snap. (laughs) And she, she like, is like, oh, we are not visitors, sir. We are your students. Don't you remember us? Yeah. And the teacher's like, oh, yeah, I do. And Percy's like, well, it just happened. Yeah. And Talia's like, what? Chiron hasn't shown you how to do that yet? And I don't think it's... It's totally not Percy's fault that he hasn't known, doesn't know how to do that. He goes home every summer, or every school year, so he doesn't mm-hmm. spend as much time with uh, Chiron than that Talia, Talia and Annabeth does. Because, like, I don't know if it's Talia, like, rubbing it in his face, or she honestly is just like, how I, is he not teaching you this? I feel like it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Because I... It is sort of like they're trying to figure out the power do- dynamic, who's who's in charge. True. And she has all of these other skills that he does not know, but... Yeah, because she's all like, I'm a daughter of Zeus, mm-hmm. bro. And he's like, I'm a son of Poseidon, sis. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I really think that if they just, like, chit-chatted and didn't stop saying, like, doing, like, the whole biggest dickus thing... <laughs> They, yeah. they would just become, like, real good friends. Yeah. They'll get there. They'll get there eventually. Percy's only known her for, like, six months. So it's been, like, eight months or something. Yeah. But so Talia, uh, whatever, manipulates the mist so confuses the teacher and, like, allows them to go into the gym and, like, go Lots to the dance. And they were going to Yeah. They were going to blend in and at the same time keep a guy on Nico and Bianca. Yeah. Because we've seen Bianca and Nico sitting in the bleachers arguing about something. So Talia dances with Grover, and Annabeth dances with Percy, and they're, like, trying to blend in. And, okay, I just have to comment. Oh, the... What kind of school's dances did Uncle Rick go to? I don't know. Where there were girls with ribbons in their hair applying makeup to unwitting boys. That doesn't sound like any school dance I ever (laughs) went to. Like... Like, yeah, there would be clumps of girls. We, yeah. No one would go and... Applying makeup to our own faces. Yeah. Do you think he, like, okay. We're not going to waste the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that they were going to turn out to be monsters, so maybe he was using it as a red herring. Oh. That could make sense. But it's, like, the most random red herring ever. And I like that he also makes a big deal about Percy just being, like, I would not be the one dancing at the school par- school dance. I would right. be the one one of the boys lurking in the corner going, why <laughs> did I come here? Trying to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do remember, like, going to, like, our eighth grade farewell dance. And, like, there was always the, like, the clumps of girls and the clumps of boys. Mm -hmm. And then I remember vividly, like, seeing, like, a friend of mine. I don't even know who it was anymore. But she was sitting on the bleacher looking really sad. And I was like, what's wrong? And she's just like, I have a really big crush on him. And I was like, okay, I'll go ask him out for you. (laughs) I was like, you need to stop being sad right now. That's good, wing woman. Yeah. So I just walked up to him (laughs) and I was like, hey, that girl over there, she likes you. And he's just like cool. And he just shyly walked over. Because it was eighth grade. <laughs> right. Like, okay, that's normal for eighth grade. Like, yeah. 
How old are these these girls? They're eighth grade. Craziness. I okay. That I'm I'm running with the theory that they're a red herring. Okay, I like That's that theory. What I'm doing. Huh. But anyway, Annabeth and Percy are talking while they're dancing, and Annabeth tells Percy that her father wants to move to San Francisco because he's got like a new book or yeah, new book project that he's working on. And she's like, well, I was just getting settled in New York City. Like, everything's going really well, and now all of a sudden he wants to move. And Percy's like, well, are you going to go with him? She's like, well, I can't. Like, Halflets can't live in San Francisco because, it, you know, it's right there. And Percy's like, uh, yeah. And he has no idea what she's talking yeah. about. It's just another point that he probably doesn't want to <laughs> ask about because he was just rubbed in his face that he doesn't know how to manipulate Miss by right. Talia. He's just like. Ugh. So, yeah, we're left with, you know, it's right there. And as of right now, I'm assuming that it's the entrance to the underworld. Nope, that's no. not what I meant. Tartarus. No. No? That's not all? Is that all that in Los Angeles? Yeah. Uh. The entrance of Tartarus is in the underworld. Hmm. You right. I feel like... I don't know what it is then. <laughs> I can't remember because also I have bad memory of what happens in the Heroes of Olympus series, but mm. I feel like... No, that's not right either. Never Camp mind. Cam Jupiter! No. <laughs> May- maybe? <laughs> I don't they know. They can't encroach on Camp Jupiter's territory. I don't know. It'd be a straight... Well, I guess, I mean, Camp Haplet's on Long Island. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember where Camp Jupiter is. It might be in know. Virginia. Oh. Not a bad place for it. But it might be in San Francisco. I don't remember. I don't know what's going to happen in this book. I have, like, very little memory. (sighs) I've never read The Heroes of Olympus, so I can't tell ya. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out together. Nice. (laughs) Um, Annabeth is about to tell Percy. She says, I should probably tell you something serious. And then she looks over at the bleachers and she sees that Bianca and Nico are gone. So she runs off to find Talia and Grover. And Percy's like, oh, I should follow her. And then he's like, I don't need to run to Talia for everything. Well, first he gets separated from her. He loses well, yeah. her in the crowd. And then he's sort of like, well, I can continue to search for her and who knows how long that'll take. Or I can go and find the kids and no matter what, we're all going to end up there anyway, you know? Okay, but he's motivated by the fact that he doesn't want to run Natalia. Yes, but I don't think we can say that this was a fully terrible idea. I mean, it kind of was, though. It was, if he had, like, done different things. He says, I almost ran after her, and then I thought, wait. And I actually really like that line, because it, like, makes you pause. Yeah. Yeah, I remembered what Talia had said to me in the entry hall, looking at me all puzzled when I asked about the finger snap trick. Blah, blah, blah. Has Not that I resented Talia. She was cool. It wasn't her fault her dad was Zeus and she got all the attention. Still, I didn't need to run after her to solve every problem. Besides, there wasn't time. See? There wasn't time. The D'Angelo's part were in danger. Of an excuse. He's He goes, runs off, he gets immediately... Captured, but <laughs> but <laughs> typical Percy. But when he's getting immediately captured, he's stalling a little bit. So maybe that's time enough for Talia, Annabeth, and Grover to find each other and start to figure out a plan. I guess so because Doctor Thorne, like it, like you just said, captures Percy with Bianca and Nico. Yep, and he's like, 
Because Dr. Thorne is the bad guy, yes. not Gottschalk. Correct. And he's, like, shooting thorns at the kids, and then he's like, all right, come along, in a meaner way. <laughs> <laughs> he takes them outside of school to this, like, through this forest into a clearing, which is really just the edge of a cliff. And he's like, all right, here we shall wait. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Percy had gotten hit by one of the thorns, and he's just yeah. like, and I, I remember, what was it? It says... It had grazed the skin of my shoulder as it passed through my clothes, and the cut burned. I'd felt like felt something like this before. Poison. I forced myself to concentrate. I would not pass out. I love that he just decides. <laughs> like, oh, I've felt poison before. I can beat it with my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we find out later that the poison that Dr. Thorne has won't kill you. It just hurts. Mm-hmm. But... Still, Percy's just like, no, it is mind over poison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, for those of you at home, do not ingest poison and think, I can beat it with my mind. Yeah, you gonna die. <laughs> but yeah, so then, uh, yeah. So he's talking mad game, Dr. Thorne is, this whole time. About well, how- no, no, that's chapter two. In chapter two, he starts monologuing. Oh, I thought that was in chapter one. Nope. Okay. Sometimes I get confused with my chapters. I don't know why. So, chapter... We're on to chapter two. Chapter two. <laughs> the vice principal gets a missile launcher. Three. Five. Really? You, like, reversed it. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it because it's a weird mix of terrifying slash hilarious. I don't think it's hilarious. It's I just like... It I can't picture... This, this dude's about to kill him. Picture, like, Mr. Blumenthal where, having a missile launcher. It's weird. I literally don't know who that is. The bald, um, vice principal. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> By the way, Mr. Blumenthal was our high school vice principal. <laughs> One of them. One of three. Yeah. I don't know. Who, I don't even know the other ones. It was Mr. Zek. And Mr. Tall Guy, who I didn't like. Wasn't Van something? Van something. Yeah, he was mean. He moved my books. <laughs> I went to the lunchroom, sat my books down on a table where I sat at every lunch with my friends, and then went to get my lunch. I got back to the table, and my books were gone. And he and moved them? Yeah, and so he came up to me and was like, oh, were those your books? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I put them up there. And I was like, why? <laughs> and he's like, so you, you can't save tables. That's like the whole point of lunch. I was like, so I'm supposed to carry my books with this tray full of food? And he never did it again, which makes it obvious that it was just a whim that he got Yeah, and considering uh, the size of our piles of books, and like it was like a foot and a because half high. Because we weren't allowed to carry around backpacks? Yeah. Ooh. I hated school. And then we didn't have time to go between locker, go back to our lockers. You have plenty of time to go to the bathroom during your seven minute passing period when there are 900 other kids in your passing period. Yeah, and you have to go all the way across the school, which takes about five minutes. (laughs) We have issues. Can you tell we've been out of high school for what, now eight years? Can you tell I hated it? (laughs) Um, Five years. Five years? Yeah. So now Dr. Thorne is talking mad game. And he's like telling Percy and Annabeth how they're wanted. No, Percy, uh, and... Percy, Bianca, and Nico, I mean. Yeah. About how they're wanted alive or he would just kill them now. 
and they he and his friends are gonna release the monster to like end all monsters and destroy yeah. Olympus and how the great stirring is happening blah blah oh and I they're all of... like what yeah yeah he's like creepy about this great stirring and they're all like sort of like what monster what wait like stirring? let's listen see if we can get hints but um well, Bianca's just like who are you people oh I know <laughs> I love that Bianca is just like <laughs> I don't like this like <laughs> This Nico's is not the, like, the dance that I signed up for. <laughs> I can't imagine Bianca signing up for a dance period. Well, <laughs> I, I loved that Nico, the first thing that we see Nico say is, don't talk to my sister that way. His voice yeah. quivered, but I was impressed that he didn't have, he had the guts to say anything at all. Yeah. And so cute. I feel like, ugh. It is sweet. He's like, hey, only I'm allowed to talk to my sister like that. <laughs> I don't even know if he's allowed. Bianca wouldn't allow it. <laughs> True. So Annabeth, Grover, and Talia finally show up. And they they make a dent, but they, they're still gonna they're still getting overpowered by Dr. Thorne, his He reveals that he is a manticore. He has a missile launcher. It's a scorpion tail. Yeah. <laughs> because he's a manticore and they're terrifying. The most terrifying thing about a manticore is that they have human faces yes. on a lion's head. How does yeah. that work? I don't know. Is it flat? Well, I read something and they were like, it's a human face on a lion's body, but the human's head is the same size of the lion's head. So it's a really big head. Like a massive human head on a lion's body? <laughs> yeah. That's straight up terrifying. I know. I was sort of like, I don't like this description. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I would cry. Also, so you remember in the Sea of Monsters movie when uh, when uh, Annabeth is like randomly stabbed by a scorpion-butted creature at the end? That's why that they need. Oh the, yeah, yeah. Um. Well. So that creature was supposed to be a manticore. And what it, if you look it up and you look, watch it, it looks like a werewolf with a scorpion tail. <laughs> and the scorpion tail is also a little hairy. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's like goes on two legs and four. It, I'm pretending that those movies are dead. They're dead to me. They're dead. They no longer exist. Shall we like do a funeral? Yes. All right. What's a funeral song? Shall we sing? I don't know. <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, Annabeth, Grover, Talia show up, and they're like, "Oh, we're all fighting Doctor Thorne," and like Bianca's just going like, "Ah, oh, what is happening right now?" And there's a helicopter hovering on the other side of the cliff. Yeah. Waiting for its chance to pick them up. Mm-hmm. And they're about to like. They're about lose. to die. They're about to die. And suddenly, a volley of silver arrows shoots out of the forest. And Dr. Thorne's like, what? No, it cannot be. And then it is. And a bunch of girls in silver clothing appear out of the trees, and they all have their bows drawn. And he's like, this is against the accords, or whatever it is. And the girl says, my hunters can hunt wild beings and you are a wild being so there's one girl who's like in charge well there's the girl in charge and then there's like the girl who's her right hand in command and it's zoe yeah zoe nightshade Nightshade. and so she shoots dr thorne and he explodes but but annabeth was on the back of dr thorne and she yeah he doesn't explode she yeah he fell off the cliff 
And Annabeth was on his... Yes, because Annabeth's like, I can be tough, and she jumps on his back. Yeah. Even though the hunters are right there. Yeah, Annabeth had no need to jump on the back. So Zoe shoots Dr. Thorne, and Dr. Thorne jumps off the cliff. Yeah. So, Annabeth is gone! And all that's left is her Yankees baseball cap in the snow. So she doesn't even have her magical item that can keep her safe. Not good. No! Bye-bye, Annabeth. Ugh! Oh, I sort of want to talk about uh, uh, um, the shield mm-hmm. because they talk about um, when Annabeth or when when Talia, Percy, Grover, and Annabeth are fighting Doctor Thorne alone. Yeah. They make it sort of like so. First, Talia comes in and she has her shield, and it's Aegis who what's his a shield um, with a Medusa's head cast in like gold or whatever. Yeah, and it scares everybody in front and of them. It's just like the one Zeus uses of, by the same name. Yeah. And also, Percy has this, the shield that Tyson gave him at the end of light, uh, the end of uh, Sea Some. of Monsters, and immediately it is like destroyed, and it's yeah, like, it's all messed up. I know, and it's like didn't do much. Sad. It. I, I guess it's. I mean, it saved him. Yeah, saved it him. saved him, but it's just now it's saved it him in time to be thrown away. I think he's gonna keep it and Tyson's gonna fix it. I hope so. Okay, but that's the end of the chapter. So chapter three. Well, oh wait, what? Yeah. So we realize that the hunt, the girls are the hunters of Artemis, and Artemis is there as well, obviously. But she like is presented as a ten-year-old girl. Yes, and they're all they're all younger girls. They're They're all all like like, ten to thirteen. Yeah, fourteen. Max fourteen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but we get more of that in Chapter 3. So yeah. Chapter 3, Bianca D'Angelo makes a choice. Two stars. I gave four, and I just don't know why. <laughs> um, so I'm going to change it to three and a half. Oh, no, three. Three. Just because I sense drama. Yeah, but, like, ooh, we ooh. don't know Bianca well enough yet to be, like... That's true. Like, ooh, what choice is she going to make? It's going to change forever with everything and the things. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I've changed my score too many times. Now I can't change it. <laughs> True. <laughs> so Artemis turns the helicopter full of mortals into a flock of ravens, and they all fly away. Yeah. Which is dope. And she has the hunters set up camp, in which they do in, like, five minutes. Yeah, she has Grover occupy Nico with Nico's card game, which is just... Um, it's like Magic the Gathering, but with Greek characters. Yeah. It has, like, figurines and stuff, and but they're all Greek mythology people. And so Artemis is like, Grover, why don't you take Nico to play your his card game? And Grover's like, okay, Artemis. Yeah. I'll do whatever you want. God. Grover, <laughs> like, is in love with Artemis. And yeah. Ta- I love Talia's, like, just, like, she is not, like, she's never gonna, like, why do all you yeah. sat- satyrs love her? She's never gonna do anything with you. Like, <laughs> He's like, she's so in the nature. <laughs> oh, speaking of Talia, she has, like, a grudge against the hunters. Yeah, and she we, hardcore hates Zoe. Yeah, and we don't really know why, but it's just Talia and Zoe just, like, yeah. do not like each other at all. When Talia realizes that the hunters are there, she's like, ugh, not them. I know. And Percy's like, what? <laughs> Like, I feel like all of Percy, this this section is, what? Wait, what? What? <laughs> What's happening? Wait, what was that? Oh, no, it's a monster? I forgot. Sorry, I was at school. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, he's a little oblivious. Oblivious <laughs> Percy returns. Yeah, but I love Nico. He's just like, this is so cool. I know, he's immediately he's into like, it. Yeah, he's, a, he's like, my cards are coming to life. <laughs> <laughs> and Bianca the whole time just, who are you people? And, yeah. And, like, Percy explains doc- what Dr. Thorne and the monsters and Artem... Uh, what Dr. Thorne said about the monsters to Artemis. Yeah, because she has Bianca and Percy, like, follow her into her personal tent. Yeah. And Artemis is sort of, like... It sort of, she's, she seems concerned. She's a little bit freaked out, which is... Concer- Not it's, a good it's, it's, it's concerning when you see a god concerned, because... <laughs> They just need to think about a, a helicopter exploding into a flock of ravens, and it does. Yeah, um, exactly. So he's like, oh, the great stirring is happening. And she's like, excuse me? That's not good. And she's like, I'm going to have to fight this thing myself. And Zoe's like, what? Yeah. What do you mean by yourself? We can help you. And Artemis is like, no. You're going to go to Camp Half-Blood. And <laughs> Zoe's like, what? She's like, uh, I'll call you if I need you, but right now, don't need you, so peace out. And she wants to keep the hunters safe. Yeah. Which is good. But it's, I love that Artemis says, they, anyway, they rebuilt the cabins from last time you stayed. And so he's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> They're awful. <laughs> She's so unhappy about it. Um, but before all that happens, Bianca D'Angelo has to make a choice. Yes, before they can head off to their separate adventures. And basically the choice is you can stay with Artemis and be a part of the Hunters of Artemis or go to Camp Half-Blood and learn to learn or learn to kill monsters and survive there. Right. And the positives of being with Artemis is that immortality, well, unless you die in battle, which is rare according to Artemis. Uh, and also uh like, no responsibility or whatever. That's, like, what she says. She's just like, you'll never have to take care of your snot-nosed little brother again. And Bianca... Yeah. I hate that that's what makes Bianca go over. Yeah, she's like, no responsibilities. Like, I guess she's 12 or... Yeah, 12. Or is she 13? I think she's 12. Whatever. Yeah, so whatever. I, I think guess she's 12. Bianca's, like, 12 or 13. But come on now. Yeah. Nico's 10. I know. And I get that they've been, like, they've been through a lot, and it seems like they've been through a lot, and she probably does feel like, oh, God, I can't believe that, like, my little brother, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, she probably thinks that he's, like, held her back in some way. But that's not, he's still her little brother. Yeah. He's 10. You can't. Send him off to summer camp alone. Like, <laughs> and they have no parents, or you know, yeah. So they assume, and, but and she she would be a part of the hunters of Artemis. They there's no free time from that. Yeah. You can't have a vacay and be like, hey Artemis, I'm gonna go like peace out and hang out with my brother a little bit. And she's like, oh, you guys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you scum of the earth. Why do you like a male person? Yeah, and Artemis is like, you'll still be able to see your brother from time to time. I'm like, they are literally immortal. Nico's gonna grow up and die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like the reasons that Bianca went. Yeah, because she decides to stay with Artemis. Well, and I do feel like we're going to get more from Bianca's perspective, and oh, maybe yeah. we'll get more into what sort of yeah. triggers her to go. 
And we do sort of quit, but because before Bianca makes that choice and before we even talk to Artemis, um, we sort of get some interaction between Percy and Nico. And it is sort of revealed that Nico is sort of like an annoying little kid who just asks a thousand questions. But also, he just saw monsters come to life. He could be sitting on the ground crying. Yeah, it's like, okay, you're either going to be having a hyperventilating in a corner or you're going to be, I have a million questions, you need to help mm-hmm. me answer these. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, they, he does sometimes ask insensitive questions. But, again, he's 10 years old. <laughs> and he's an orphan. It's not like he has somebody, like, teaching him. Yeah. Yeah, but um, we forgot to mention the permanent maidenhood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> permanent maidenhood. They can never fall in love. Yeah, they swear off complete romance. There's no... And everything else that comes with it. Yeah. Because I've, I've seen people say, like, oh, the Hunters of Artemis, that means, like, they're all gay women whatever and it's like no That's they sa- they swear off romance mhm they they're they're nothing they're no romance no. <laughs> period anyone all around just some zero. friendships like <laughs> yeah like they have female friendship and that's yeah. it and they're all like sisters cuz yeah. they are together for all ever. ever um, um they're literally also- bffs <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought it, I think it's interesting how hard Percy fights Artemis to like mm-hmm. get Bianca to stay. Oh, like do you, is it like purely because he just went through all that trouble to get to Bianca because he still saved her? Yeah, she's just now making a different choice than mm-hmm. what he wants. But he's like, no, you can't do that. Well, I wonder if it's also because he never even had the option of a choice, so he's just like. So he just doesn't understand the fact that she has to choose, like... She might want something else. Yeah. It's sort of like, oh, it works for me, it'll work for you, but... Yeah. Maybe it won't, like... Yeah, you never know. Though I do think... She should have... Spend a week in Camp Half-Blood before you make your choice. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing, like... Artemis is like, sit down, girlie. Making this choice right now. Yeah. And it it's so easy for Bianca, though. Maybe Artemis knows it's going to be easy for her. Maybe. And she's like, just come on. You have yeah. to make this pledge. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Because Bianca's still going to Camp Half-Blood regardless. Yeah. So <laughs> I, always, I sort of wonder if Art... Because they say, like, Artemis is... Uh, the hunters of Artemis are demigods and nymphs and just people and all kinds of mortals. Um... So I wonder if they say that she was, they were hunting the manticore, mm-hmm. like they were following some kind of scent. But also I wonder if she does sort of uh, keep an eye out for demigods. Yeah. Especially powerful ones, which Nico and Bianca are definitely powerful. Yeah. We haven't gotten to that, but they are. And so I wonder if she was already on a radar and sort of being like, hey, I'm scouting you already. This Could is be. the time. Yeah. You never know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Which but, is the gold's will. Yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to chapter four. <gasps> Talia torches New England. <laughs> I gave it five stars. Four. Because burn, baby, burn. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so funny and unexpected and you just... And it's Talia. We, like, we're seeing Talia do a thing. I know. <laughs> um... um. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Bianca, like, takes Nico aside, and Percy notices how gloomy Nico looks. Because yeah. Bianca's like, I'm leaving you forever, bro. We've got, like, a few weeks left together, and then we're, we're leaving each other forever. Yeah. I would be pretty darn upset, too. Same, Zers. So Artemis calls Apollo to give the kids a ride, and yeah. I love Apollo. <laughs> I love how opposite they are. I know. Because it's like, ah. Just... Artemis is the moon and Apollo is the sun. Yeah, Artemis is silver. Apollo is gold. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> They're so funny, though, because Apollo's like, what's up, little sister? And she's like, ugh, how many millennia do we have to argue about this? I'm well, not your little sister. We're she twins. isn't. No, they're she's twins. Yeah, they're twins. So even Artemis and Apollo may be twins. Yes, they are twins. They were born on the same day, maybe. But they're... This one came out before the other, and it was not Apollo. <laughs> Artemis popped out first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Apollo. He's a young, sandy-haired guy who looks like Luke, except he's not crazy. and He doesn't have a scar on his face. But he is really arrogant and silly, and he... He, like, makes a haiku and it's wrong, and Artemis is like, the last line is only six syllables. And he's like, is it? <laughs> and so he turns it from, like, I'm cool into I'm so awesome or something like that. Yeah, and I love Zoe with, or Zoe Nightshade with uh, Apollo is just, ugh, this guy again. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is so annoying. He does bad poetry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing, I'm assuming that Zoe's been with Artemis for hundreds of years. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, she talks like an old person, not an old person, <laughs> like <laughs> not an, an old. <laughs> like she uses thy, like this is thy chance. Yes. Like, Imagine if she talked talk like, like "Good golly gee, Mister," a nineteen thirties like young child. <laughs> My coworker says things like that today. Really? He, the it. other earlier, the other day, he said, "Golly gee, y'all." <laughs> it's like. Gee whiz, I really hate Apollo. I don't like your poetry. (laughs) So what I noticed about Apollo is that he seems to really either dislike Percy or just not know how to handle him, but he really likes Talia. I don't know. I I feel like it's more just doesn't know how to handle him. Also, he's probably heard more crazy things about Talia. Like, Percy wasn't turned into a tree. Yeah, but Talia was, and then she did nothing for the next seven years. I know, and now she's back to life. <laughs> so he's probably like, I've never met yeah, someone. Yeah, but like, per- look at the things Percy's done in the last two years. No, but also, Apollo's Apollo, and he still wants <laughs> to hit on someone. True. <laughs> Whoa. True, true, true. Because he just, like, stares at Percy, and Percy's like, what? It's like, nice to see you, too. Cool. <laughs> like, uh, he's really funny, though. Somebody, I think it's Nico, helpfully points out that everybody won't fit in his, like, little sports car, yeah. which is the current Sun Chariot. So he's like, oh, yeah, you're right, little dude. And he, like, turns it into a shuttle bus. <laughs> and everybody gets onto it, and he's like, who wants to drive? And he wants, who does he want to drive? Want. But I love, so, I love it when he's like, Zoe ordered, or Zoe ordered the hunters to start loading. She picked up her camping pack, and Apollo said, here, sweetheart, let me get that. Zoe recoiled. Her eyes flashed (laughs) murderously. Hashtag me. (laughs) Brother Artemis chided, you do, you do not help my hunters. You do not look at, talk to, or flirt with my hunters, and you do not call them sweetheart. 
Hashtag all men should listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag um, listen to Artemis. Yeah. <laughs> I love our, uh, how Apollo explains to Nico the sh- sun chariot. And Nico's like, I thought the sun was a big fiery ball of gas. And Apollo. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and Apollo says, seriously, kid, it depends on whether you're talking astronomy or philosophy. You want to talk astronomy? Wow, what fun is that? You want to talk about how humans think about the sun? Ah, now that's more, that's more interesting. They've got a lot riding on the sun, or so to speak. And then he says, this chariot is built out of human dreams about the sun, kid. It's as old as Western civilization. And then he's like, makes sense? And he goes, says, No. (laughs) (laughs) Because it doesn't, because it's philosophy. (laughs) Yeah, so Apollo's like, oh, you're the daughter of Zeus, the lord of the sky, you can drive the bus. And Talia's like, dude, I've never driven in my life. And he's like, it doesn't matter, you can can learn on the fly. And so... (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he makes Talia drive the sun bus, and the faster you go, the hotter it gets. So she... Like, almost sets the whole New England town on fire. Yeah, pedal to the metal, man. And she's, like, freaking out, screaming. And then they're all getting thrown around the sun bus. And even Apollo's starting to get worried. <laughs> and then, like, Well, right? I love that, but because the reason he chooses... Well, one of the reasons he chooses Talia is because he's just like, Oh, don't sweat it. Uh, it's a real short trip, and... <laughs> Don't worry about what happened to the last kid I trained. You're Zeus's daughter. He's not going to blast you out of the sky. Oh, yeah, because uh. <laughs> yeah, if we had had Percy drive. I also like how Apollo knows exactly how old Talia is. Because she was still aging, but at a much slower rate. Yeah. So. She's, what, about to turn 15? Which is. Yeah. Prophecy. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm the god of prophecy, of course I know. And she's like, what? But yeah, so Talia's driving, and she's, no, she's like... she's 15, about to turn 16. Oh, she's 15, about to turn 16. Yeah. Um, But Talia's driving, and she's, like, burning up Long Island. <laughs> snow's melting, bursting into flames. Yeah. Uh, and then she, go- she starts freaking out, so she goes, higher! So then everything starts to freeze. <laughs> so- and Paula's like, go down a little bit. So she goes way down. <laughs> I love that she's, he's like trying to keep calm, but Percy's like, you can tell he's a bit worried now. He's getting <laughs> a lot worried. He's very worried. He, <laughs> Apollo, do something. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. It's just silly, but it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so Talia crash lands the sun bus into the lake. It's a rough. It's a bumpy land, landing. Yeah. And she scares a bunch of water spirits. Yeah, their lake just turned into a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're there. Woohoo! They Woo-hoo! made it back to Camp Half-Blood. So that's all the chap- that, that That's the end of the chapters that we read. Yeah. But now, guess what? Bring on the monsters. Bring on the monsters! And we have both monsters and gods Woo-hoo! this time, so we can finally have Bring on the Monsters. Hooray! Nice, nice. Or bring Whatever. But, okay, so the f- monster that we meet is the manticore. And, honestly, I don't really know what to say about the manticore. Because there weren't any, that, at least that I could find, like, any Greek heroes that fought it. It wasn't, it's not a Greek mythology. It's not a part of Greek mythology, really. It sort of is, but it's not. It was, mm. 
Um, so the manticore is a legendary animal with the head of a man, sometimes with horns, but we're going to say no horns. Uh, the body of a lion and the tail of a scorpion, and it shoots poison spines like porcupine quills out of the Ooh. scorpion tail. Scary. Yeah. The manticore was a Persian myth, and it sort of like, so it, it was like a, uh, uh, it lurked in the, in the forest of India, in the wilds of India, hmm. and it was said to be able to devour any of the creatures in the jungle, like, and leave no traces, except for elephants. <laughs> I don't know why it couldn't eat elephants. It could eat anything else, but... I don't think lions really eat elephants in real life. Yeah, but it can eat anything else. Yeah, but, like, elephants are huge. That's true. Like, have you ever seen a lion chasing a full-grown elephant? Yeah. No. Okay, well, it can take everything down except for an elephant. (laughs) Um, And this... I'm going to read this from this website that's called mythology.net. And this is an article written by... It's an article called Manticore by Professor Geller. <laughs> um, and, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to talk about for Manticore. So the word Manticore itself is an adaption of the Persian name of the beast, Ma- Martikoras. Sure. <laughs> um, and that's basically loosely translates into man-eater. And according to Persian lore, the creature was able to devour any beast, like I said, without leaving any remains behind. So, like, ha ha. Nothing. Scarf it up. Yeah. But despite this, like, absolute dominance in the jungle, like, I can eat anything in here, He, it, they did to, seem to have, like, a craving for human flesh. So... It's a delicacy. It was said... This is directly from that article. It was said to make do with one man if... If that was all that was available, but much rather preferred to lie and wait for a minimum of two or to three and devour them all. It was rumored that the manticore was able to kill three men at once without issue and could likely take more than that or than that number if the opportunity presented itself. Wow. Yeah. It's a big thing. And manticores were like a real weird sort of like there's a lot of dra- like medieval drawings of manticores. They sort of frequent m- medieval manuscripts type thing. Uh, yeah. Did you ever hear Scary of a manticore creature. before this? Yeah. Yeah. Where? I don't know. I know it's in Harry <laughs> Potter as like sort of like some kind of like oh if you grind up the horn of a manticore or whatever. Oh no, I knew it. I used to read all kinds of like mythology, kids books and yeah. all that stuff. So it's just like. I mean, I had to remind myself what it was. Yeah. But. Like, I knew. I'd heard of it before. Like, I knew the name. I just didn't really know it. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the only man- monster that we talked about. And. Not a bad one. No. It's a pretty <laughs> cool monster. If you have any more information on Manticore, I would love to hear about it. So yeah. email us. That yeah. would be cool. Um, so, done with Bring on the Monsters. And oh my god. Oh my god. We're going to be talking about Artemis and Apollo. I love it. Um, I love them. And basically, I'm going to talk about a little... Because Apollo's going to be a reoccurring character, as Artemis is. So I'm sort of just going to do sort of the birth of Artemis and Apollo, and then sort of the origin of Artemis and her sort of... And the hunters. And then also talk about Apollo and uh, the sun chariot. 
So, right, so Artemis and Apollo are the godly twins who ruled the sky. Artemis, the moon, Apollo, the sun. The pair were the children of Leto, the demure daughter of the titans Phoebe and Cosus. And, of course, uh, Zeus was the father. Um, <laughs> you oh, are wait, the I'm father. I'm so confused. So she Zeus, has three parents? No, so Leto, Leto, her parents oh. were to these titans. And Leto uh, had attracted Zeus. Mm. <laughs> okay, I see. Um, and it's sort of annoying, but she's sort of always described as demure. And we already talked about how demure is sort of an annoying way to be described. Yep. Um, because, after all, how many demure men are there in this world? Zero. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Leto, Leto actually did become the, a minor goddess, goddess representing exactly the quality of modest dignity that the more demure evokes. But either way, no matter how demure Leto was, uh, <laughs> it didn't prevent Zeus from chasing her down and having his way with her. <laughs> <laughs> and when Hera found out that Zeus had gotten yet another woman who is not her pregnant, uh, she commanded that her grandmother, Gaia, uh, would deny uh, Leto any land to give birth. Hmm. You get it? Yep. Yep, she can't give birth on land. So she said it was either the water or the sky. Yeah, that's what she thought. So she went, so first she went, so she was just like, okay, I'm pregnant, I need to find somewhere to give birth. So she, go literally, she goes to sea, and she's just like, I'm gonna go this way, and I'll talk to the god of the wind, and maybe the god of the wind will be like, hey, yeah, you can hang out in my castle. And, well, the god of the wind was like, uh, Hera's scary. No. <laughs> and sort of sent her on his way again. And she tried to talk a little bit to some water people, and they were also sort of like, mm. we're still sort of on the ground here. <laughs> like, <laughs> even if we came underwater, we're still in, like, so, like we're, yeah. we're <laughs> uh, land is still here. Um, <laughs> and uh, so eventually she's, like, super desperate, getting pretty darn pregnant, and she, so she, uh, she prays to Zeus, the ma- very man who got her in this situation and she's like hey bro dude you did this to me so help me out just help me and he was like oh yeah that's sort of my bad so he asks his brother poseidon to help out and poseidon causes like an upswell of waves to guide her boat to this island delos which was a small inhabitant uninhabited island Floating on the eddy or in the eddies of the swirls of the Cyclades, unanchored to the seabed and therefore not land. Wow. Yeah. So they found this like weird floating island. Now the very pregnant Leto spent the rest of her now probably I don't know. Let's guess a month of her, the last month of her pregnancy on this island of. Delos. And she was, like, growing bigger at the day. She was probably freaking out because she didn't know she was having twins. And she was like, oh, the god- so huge? I'm so huge. It's not unheard of for gods to create monster children. So I wonder wow. if she she probably was always like, I'm gonna give birth to a magic car. Like, <laughs> <laughs> freaking out a little bit. Um, and then, like, and then she's, like, scrounging around for food, looking for food. Uh, and then one, because there's not a lot of food on this little teeny tiny floaty island. So one day her pangs of hunger turned into pangs of different kind of pain. <laughs> and <laughs> Pangs of birth. 
<laughs> pains of birth. And so alone, she crawled into like a bush. I don't know what she did. And she gave birth. <laughs> and out popped a beautiful baby girl, born with a natural strength and quickness. This infant was named Artemis. <laughs> and Artemis found herself put to immediate and miraculous work. <laughs> because Leto was not done. She still had stuff in that belly. And so there was another baby in there. And it got... It's a strange way to say she was still pregnant. <laughs> she was still giving birth. Um, and that baby was Apollo, but he was all twisted up. He was, like, basically, he was breech. Mm -hmm. So she needed help giving birth. So Artemis was like, hey, strangely, I know how this works. Well, she I just came out of there. <laughs> just happened knows. to me. I can help you. Um, so she helped, I don't know, bring her brother Apollo into the world. So when Artemis and Apollo are arguing about who came first... It's Artemis. <laughs> Artemis was present for the Apollo's birth. Um, okay, so Zeus loved Artemis, and he took great pains to protect her from the wrath of Hera, because Hera didn't like Zeus's, uh, not baseborn, illegitimate children. Because, yeah, because Hera is Hera. Um, <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, and, and she definitely didn't like Artemis because she was, like, Artemis was characterized as a tomboy, and she was basically a disgrace to the dignity of females and divinity. So Hera did not like Artemis. And so one afternoon, while Artemis was still relatively young for a god, like, so she wasn't a full-grown, like, mature god, she was still, like, a baby god. <laughs> she, she, Zeus found her playing at, like, the base of Mount Malu, oh, yeah. She was, like, playing at the base of Mount Olympus, and he, she was, like, catching and releasing mice and frogs. Hint, she likes hunting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Zeus was like, aw, you're so cute, and I'm gonna chit-chat with you, my daughter. And Artemis was like, hey, Dad, do you love me? And he's just like, yeah, of course, I love you, you're my daughter. And she's just like, yeah, but do you love me enough to grant me a wish? And he's like, yeah, of course. I grant everybody wishes. And she's like, but oh, yeah, you do grant everybody wishes. I don't want just one wish. I would like several wishes. And he's sort of like, uh, what? Because probably he, he probably thinks that his job's super duper hard. And he's just like, oh, man, all people do is ask me for stuff. But fine. You're still my daughter. It depends on the wishes. Tell me your wishes. So Artemis is just like, yes, this is my time to shine. I've got a list of demands. <laughs> and so she's like, oh, um, so first off, so first Zeus is sort of like, I, I want to listen to your demands, but also what do you need to wish for? You're immortal. You're going to grow up a bit. You'll never age. You're, you're strong. You're fast. You're clever. And what the heck? And, like, Artemis is like, stop it. I still have wishes. <laughs> <laughs> she, like, smacks him a little bit. And uh, he's just like, they, they aren't hard wishes. Just, like, I, I just just want these things. And he's like, fine, go. And she's like, I do not want to have a boyfriend or a husband or never have a man touch me in that way. And he's sort of like, ooh, awkward. <laughs> like, I touch everybody in that way. <laughs> um, True. Yeah. Um, and But this wasn't the first time he had heard such a request from a daughter, because uh, Athena asked something very similar to him. 
Uh, and so he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. No problem. And she's like, also, I would like a bow. After all, Apollo has a, uh, has a collection of a whole collection of bows and I have none. Just because I'm a girl. It's totally unfair. I'm the oh. elder twin and I want the bow that made, that I want a bow made like, Hef or, but head made by Hef Hephaestus, just like he the one that he made for Apollo. But mine, I want silver. I want silver bow with silver arrows. It would be cool. And so, like, Zeus is probably, like, writing down, all right, list of demands. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, also, while we're at it, I want a knee-length tunic to go hunting in. Because dresses are hard and impractical in the woods. And speaking of the woods, I don't like the towns and I don't like cities. I want dominion over mountainsides and forests. And stags. I like stags. <laughs> and also dogs. But, well, hunting dogs. Not lap dogs. Because after all, like Laurent Swanson says... Dogs under 20 pounds are cats. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what would make you the best dad in the world? If you allowed me to go, or to have a group of young women and nymphs and whatever else to travel with me, singing my praises and um, walking, walking the hunting dogs. We're definitely <laughs> just going to be walking. And um, maybe we'll, they'll protect me. They'll protect me. They're, they're going to be... Protecting me from men. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who needs protecting. And, and he's like, um, wow, that's a lot of lists, but is that all? And she's like, well, actually, no. If you, well, if you ask, no. I also want the a power to make childbirth easier for women because I saw what you did to mom and that went right. So I, I'm like, it's pretty darn gross and I want to make it better. So can I do that? And she's just like, ugh. Okay, what else are you going to ask for? Are you going to ask for the moon or something? And she's like, yes! Great idea! I want the moon. I'll take it. Thank you so much. I didn't even think of the moon. Uh, that was a great idea, Dad. Thanks. And, of course, Zeus was like, I guess I can't say no. <laughs> so he granted everything. Hooray! So, Artemis thus became, and this is a quote from Mythos by Stephen Fry, the goddess of the chase and the chast, the untutored and the untamed, of the hounds and the hinds, of the midwives and the moon. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so that's Artemis. That's our first goddess. I know! We 14 had... episodes in and we haven't even met a goddess yet. 14 episodes in two books and it's the first time we're meeting a goddess. It's sort of sad. Yep. So now we're on to a god again. Apollo. <laughs> At least he's fun. Yeah, yes. Okay, so Apollo, I'm going to just read a little thing. Um, so this is also from the Mythos by Stephen Fry. And Apollo was the lord of mathematic, mathematics, reason, and lo logic, poetry, and medicine, knowledge, rhetoric, and en enlightenment where his were his realm. In essence, he was a god, the god of harmony, whether expressed... In the magical properties of squares, circles, and spheres, or in the perfect modulation and rhythms of a voice or chain of reasoning, even meaning and destiny themselves can be read in the ordinary things if you have the gift. And Apollo had it in abundance. So basically he was the god of prophecy, math, and music, and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of stuff. So, the story I'm talking about with Apollo is the story of Apollo and his, maybe his son, Phaethon. <laughs> <laughs> so, according to the myths, the sun was put into a cherry every night and then pulled across the sky. And 
or every day and pulled across the sky. And this was a very big and difficult job. After all, the chariot driver had to be really strong to control the horses for the entire trip. And because the horses were very, I don't know, moody. <laughs> I don't know the terms for horses. Now, and depending on the myth and the time that myth was created, it sort of changes who's driving the chariot. Sometimes it's Helios, who was the titan who who the sun got, or sun titan, basically. Um, and then, then sometimes it's Apollo. We're gonna go with the idea that Apollo is driving and he- Helios is, like, I don't know, taking care of the horses at night. Um, <laughs> and a little bitter about it, because he likes driving. <laughs> uh, so, enter Phaethon. Sure. Um, and again, depending on the myth, Phaethon's father is either he- Helios or Apollo. Again, we're going with the idea that his dad was Apollo. Maybe. Uh, a Phaeton was the son of a nymph called Clumine, and according to her, his father was the sun god. Unfortunately, there was no evidence for of his paternity, so Phaeton was mostly, like, he was, he was basically seen as illegitimate. So he was teased a lot in school for being an illegitimate child, and like, blah. And he, mm. he was a bit touchy on the subject. He had a lot of bullies. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> um, but, so he, and also, he probably didn't help the fact by just, like, bragging to everybody, like, hey, guys, you think that I don't have a dad, but my dad's the son. And everyone's like, yeah, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, one day after, like, Vayton had graduated high school, I don't know. He, or maybe, I don't know, left school for the year. He decided, I'm going to go prove that my dad is my dad. I'm going to go talk to the god of the sun and be like, hey, you're my dad. Prove it. Yeah. And so, Phaedon travels to the palace of the sun in order to prove his legitimacy. Uh, when Phaedon finally got to an audience with Apollo, he told him, hey, I'm your son, and no one's believed me my whole life that I'm your son, and I'm really teased at school, but dude, I swear I'm your son. So he begged Apollo to recognize him and sort of, like, claim him as his son, and Apollo was really touched by Phaeton's story, though he doesn't really remember (laughs) Clumine. After all, he has a lot of interactions with women. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So... He's sort of like, yeah, you seem like a cool dude. I'll just claim you. I, I'm not even sure if you're my kid. But yeah, you're. I'm going to say you're my kid now. Sure. And Phaeton's like, yes, but that's not enough, Dad. It would be so cool if you could promise me. Like, could you make, like, promise me a wish? Like, swear in with you, grant me a wish. And Apollo's like, fine, I'll grant you a wish after all you've been bullied your whole life for not having a father. Poor guy. And so he swears on the river of stick that he would grant, or he would prove that he was his father, the father of Phaeton, and he would also give Phaeton whatever he asked for. And Phaeton think of how great it would be to prove to all of his schoolmates, once and for all, who his dad is, asked to be allowed to drive the chariot of the sun through the heavens for a single day. Oh, uno deo. Now... Apollo was probably a bit stressed out with this request. After all, Phaeton's a pretty small, wiry dude, and that's a hard job. You gotta... So he's like, all right, I'm gonna train you. So he trained him a bit, and eventually, one day, Eos, the goddess of the dawn, introduced the day, opened up the gates 
Then the out the chariot of the sun went with Phaeton at the wheel. Nice. Unfortunately, Phaeton had no idea what he was doing. He immediately <laughs> lost control. Not nice. <sighs> Uh, uh, sometimes it flew too high, freezing the lands below. Sometimes it went too low. Bursting, lands burst into flames, immediately dried out. That's why we have the Sahara. Thanks, Phaeton. Thanks, Um, Phaeton. Uh, and in order to prevent further destruction, Zeus hurled down a thunderbolt at Phaeton, killing him instantly and throwing him to the ground. And now that there was no one driving the chariot, the Pegasus's, the Pegasi, resumed their normal journey because they were like, ah, no one's tugging on my, on my reins like a crazy person anymore. I can do what I want. And they just sort of went back home without incident. Poor guy. And Phaeton's a pile of ash in the water. I don't know. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. Imagine what Talia could be. (laughs) A pile of ash in the water. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I hope yeah. not. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to, I'm going to be talking about Apollo again. I'm going to be talking about Artemis again, probably. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but that's what I'm going to be talking. That's, that's all I'm saying today. So that's we're a done. Lot. Yeah. We, it was a lot. So ready for quest queries? Yep. There's only two. I know. <laughs> but it really, I don't know. I tried just trying to look for questions and I yeah. couldn't figure it out. Um, and... One of them was answered. Yeah. Talia is living at camp during the summer and at school during the school year. Uh, Is it ever specified the gods and goddesses can just enter camp whenever they want? I think... I think they can enter the camp whenever they want. I don't think they specify it, but it's like the camp is protected from monsters. They're not protected by gods. Well, I guess if the demigods can do it, then the regular gods can do it. Yeah. But, like, what if 80s one day was just like, what up, G? Here I am. Hopefully he's coming to visit. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) He's got nice things to say. Yeah. Not like in the movie where he, like, is a fire monster for whatever reason. Yeah. So weird. But yeah, quest queries are easy this Mm -hmm. week. Um, I think I have... Ooh, this is a good question that Percy asks. Um, (laughs) because Artemis at one point says, let us pray that I am wrong. And Percy's like, can gods pray? Like, where does that go? And that's a good question. She's praying to Zeus. Yeah. Let me pray to my dad. One second. I've got to make another wish. <laughs> I already had 12, but one more won't hurt. Um, in my notes, I compared the Hunters of Artemis to a cult. <laughs> no. At least the way that they recruit Bianca. Yeah. Oh, okay, so... This is probably a question that we're going to be able to answer once we get into the Heroes Olympus series, because it, I don't, because you haven't read it and I don't remember, but I'm just going to say it because if I don't say it now, I'll never remember. At one point, our, uh, Apollo sort of describing why sometimes it's Helios and sometimes it's him, and he's sort of like, downsizing Apollo says, the Romans started it, they couldn't afford all those temple, temple <laughs> ca- sacrifices, so they laid off Hel- Helios and Selene. And follow their duties into our job descriptions. My sis got the moon. I got the sun. It was pretty annoying at first, but at least I got this cool car. But I don't know if that's that works with the idea that the Roman gods and the Greek gods are basically multiple personalities. No idea. 
I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's just something we need to keep in mind for, I don't know, Heroes of Olympus and plot holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you guys have more quest queries, we would love to hear them. And your random Greek mythology facts. Yeah, we love those. Um, Yeah. So you can send those to us at our email, 4600.podcast at gmail. Or you... Dot com. Dot com. Sorry. (laughs) Important part. (laughs) And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. At floor underscore 600 in Tumblr, if you feel like it, at floor600podcast. Join us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash floor600 for cool stuff for small amounts of money. (laughs) And as always, rate, review, subscribe, and thank you for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye.